Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Geekish Cast Live on March 6th of 2017. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me as every live episode, my co-host, Paul. How are you doing there, Paul? I'm very well. How are you, Jeremy? Uh, doing quite good, thank you. And also joining us again is our, I, I guess we'll say, uh, in- incoming uh, contributor, Joe Slepsky from the Joe on Joe podcast, where guys named Joe talk about Joe. Am I getting that right? Well, uh, this guy named Joe talks about G.I. Joe. You're absolutely right. Okay. Thanks, so for, have, thanks I, for having me back on again, Jeremy and Paul. Well, hey, thank you for coming on. I do appreciate Good it. Have you. Yeah, so we've been off for a few weeks because we are trying to do just the first three Thursdays of the month with the live episodes. Um, we are also trying to focus on our, uh, you know, what would you call that? Like our topic of the the week, which this week is the event fatigue, or what I call the heartbreak of constant crossovers. But before we get to that, let's cover a couple things in news. Paul, since you uh, pulled the stories this week, why don't you take us through what caught your eye? So uh, just recently saw that they're going to make a new Warriors television show and uh, I guess the only character that they've announced is that a squirrel girl will be in it. And uh, I kind of got excited because it's going to be, I feel like maybe Marvel saw Powerless and thought, hey, maybe we should make a funny show too. Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm enjoying the hell of that show, Powerless. I really so, am I- as well. Powerless definitely is getting better every week. So I'm excited for like a not let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's just make a fun, funny show, superhero show. And of course, you know, you know, we got guys working on the script from Scrubs, which is one of my all time favorite shows and Cougar Town, which was also good. So I'm super excited about this. Yeah. So when you sent me your your report about this one. Um, I was kind of like, eh, I mean, that'd be cool. And then I saw the uh, name. I believe it's pronounced Kevin Beagle. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing it. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, when you throw Scrubs in there, which Scrubs is like one of my top three all-time favorite TV shows. Yeah. So as that. soon as you get that in there, I'm like, yep, okay, I definitely want to see that show. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's definitely a lot of room for comedy. In the uh, with like the, it's like the next stage of development for the superhero on TV or in movie genre. That's it's a no brainer. I agree. I, I hope. Well, I just hope we end up with Booster and Beetle somehow out of all this. Well, maybe we're we're heading down that road, you know. Yeah. But this is just a bunch of young young new superheroes trying to figure out how to do that thing. So, I mean, there's just lots of room for comedy there. Oh, absolutely. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys, who do you think? I think it's going to be five 
from where I went, five total cast members or either including Squirrel Girl or in addition to Squirrel Girl. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with New Warriors, but who do you think they're going to add as far as superheroes to this show? I think you have to do Night Thrasher. Okay, Uh, I'm, I'm bored. Yeah, I think you have to do Night Thrasher. I think I think they do Namorita because that that could be fun and it's like your Aquaman comedy, you know, Namor, your 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 fish out of literally fish out of water comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I wrong? Is there usually a a Nova connected, or am I thinking of the wrong team here? Yes, no. There usually is. Right. Yeah, but and there is that seem, Nova seems to be the domain of the movies though, so I doubt that they'll. I mean, they might. Well, wouldn't you that give them people. a way? Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, with with a Nova character in there, wouldn't that give them a way to definitely tie a TV to the movie universe without having to have somebody pick up a phone every week and go, "Oh, hello, Captain America, how are you?" Would I mean, except that... we know from behind the scenes that those two universes aren't very happy with each other lately. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. So it makes sense to us, but I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll give that. The MCU. We we don't know if it's even going to be connected. Oh right. Well, that's I not connected. You know, just it's well. Just I would wonder. So well, because this is on the uh, the Freeform channel, which was formerly ABC Family. If I don't, if I don't forget things, um, it would still be connected to the ABC, which is owned by Disney. So they could honestly, they could go either way with it, just depending on how they felt about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, much like, like yeah, much like the Vixen cartoon on CW Seed is technically part of the Arrowverse, even though nobody yeah. watches Arrow anymore. Yeah, you know, that's, if that's it depends true. on on how how much their their uh, special effects budget is, Speedball would totally fit in. Oh, to that, I love to, to whatever comedic world they're doing, but I, you know, it depends on how much they want to animate his bubbles. You know, and it's two Ditko creations, Speedball and Squirrel Girl. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you have to have Speedball in it. Like he's been like on every iteration of the New Warriors. Speedball has been on that team, I think. Right. As long as he doesn't become penance. Well, <laughs> if they, they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna hit a lot of jokes about that quite a bit if if they do bring a Speedball in. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the show. It'll be funny. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be funny. No, it sounds really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm totally excited to see people taking a, a – as much as I'm enjoying Powerless, I have to say I really enjoy that people are taking that risk and doing the blah-ha-ha version of the superhero story as well. Giffen, yeah, the Giffen, DeMatteis, the Kevin McGuire Justice League, that's, that's in like my top three, top five of all-time runs of comic books. So I love – I love a good humor, mm-hmm. comic book humor. Like it's when done well, it, there's nothing better for me. Yeah, I still I have um, Kevin McGuire artwork in the hallway entry to my house. Very nice. I have an original page from the Breakdowns uh, crossover. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that crossover was a little bit of a mess, but it's still it's still Kevin McGuire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So in in keeping with Paul's effort to keep us moving along here, so we are all excited for the new Warriors and Squirrel Girl, and we're happy with the news. 
Uh, moving yeah. on to the ne- moving on to the next one. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are bringing Robert Kirkman's Invincible to the big screen. I uh, hope they learn lessons from the first season of Preacher. Thank you. So yeah, Invincible yeah. is so, one of my all-time favorite comics. I love that well, comic book. Okay, so I gave up on Preacher not for the first episode. episode. I think I gave up about five episodes in, but to to be fair, I saw the trailer of the second season, and I feel like the second season is going to feel more like Preacher because they're doing the road trip. They're doing like the comic gotcha. fared out. They okay. came out. They came out after after the first. I watched all the first season, and there were a, bit, a lot. There was a lot about it that I liked, but I got angrier and angrier as each episode went by. They came out after the end of the series or after the season. And they, they said, oh, we kind of planned it as a bit of a prequel to the first, to the actual comic book that we know. And, uh, and I wish they had prepped the audience for that sooner. Yeah, I because, wish they would have said that. <laughs> yeah, so, so one, it just looks like you're making an excuse. And two, you would have set our expectations. Uh, mm-hmm. and, then, and then within the show, there was, there was just a lot of, like, there was a lot of internal logic that they were, that they were breaking their own rules about. And it seemed like they weren't paying close attention to just the way that Jesse's power works. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing I hope they, one, I hope they straighten it out for Preacher. And then two, as they get into Invincible, I hope they buckle down on it. Having said that, Preacher was still better than, you know, a lot of serial TV I've seen. So Yeah, I'm going to give it, yeah. I'm going to give it a try again, so. I was going to say, and maybe we've gotten a little bit spoiled here lately, too, because genre TV has been so good that right. when somebody goes kind of kind of soft a little bit, then we're like, eh, no. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and what I was going to say is, um, I don't know about you guys, but Legends of Tomorrow was a show I was really excited for last season, and it totally... Uh, screwed the pooch, I think is the proper term. And then this season has actually come back and been really good. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard. I've heard this season's uh, gotten really good. I've I've not really watched it from the start, just because my I mean my DVR is so full that I'm like something had to give, and that was that was the one that kept getting dropped off the end of it. So, oh yeah, well, yeah, and that's yeah, that's. Something we talk about all the time too is like with so much genre TV now, you know, I'm out of time. I don't have time to watch everything. Yeah, uh, I don't. Don't have time to read all the books and watch all the mm-hmm. shows. Start to feel like work, and that's not okay with me. <laughs> no, we we, st- we still do this for fun, people. Yeah, I try. It's almost too much. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess we are in the I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't suck camp on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna be remain hopeless, you know, optimistic because I really love Invincible. So as long as they try, stay true to the comic and try not to go completely off course like they did Preacher, I'll be happy. So we'll see. I'm happy they're making it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's it's a pretty good series. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Robert Kirk- Kirkman is the guy who created The Walking Dead originally. 
so the guy's definitely got his storytelling is pretty strong. And the concepts behind uh, Invincible were also, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. I assume everybody's read it, at least the beginning of that series by now, but I don't know for sure. But it's a really kind of novel idea at the time. Yeah, and yeah I, I think I've... Yeah, I think I've read about 12, 12 of the trades in and um it's yeah, it's great. It's like um it's like Cerebus the superhero. Yeah. I love there's it. um yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um all right. So that that takes care of that. Uh the only thing I I I'm not happy about is that of course Seth Rogen is kind of the guy that ruined the Green Hornet for all future generations, but yeah, he doesn't have a great track record, so I'm a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but his heart was in the right place with Green Hornet, though. No, it's it, it's very true, because who else was really standing there wanting to make a fun Green Hornet movie? Right. Yeah. Everybody else was like Kevin Smith was trying to do the darker, edgier. Oh, God. And then um, one thing, has everybody here seen The Walking Dead's finale for the week? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you know that the uh, the actress that plays Sasha is actually going to be the lead character in um, the new Star Trek series, yeah. right? So, so I think because of that, most of us knew that she probably wasn't going to stick around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always a that's always a tell. Yeah, whenever you, and then the whenever thing, the end of, the end of a season is is ending, I think it happened like on twenty four a couple times. You'd hear like, "Oh, this character's on a new show," and you're like, "Oh, okay, Jack's not oh, going to save her." Yeah, that's a goner. Um, One of the things I did want to say was I got really worried going into uh, this last episode of The Walking Dead because that show has been hitting the brakes really hard as it gains momentum. You'll get like a great episode, maybe a good one right after that, and then all of a sudden they do a Eugene or something for an episode and a half. Right. Which Which is the equivalent of a Wesley and Jordy Star Trek episode. So the, the the way they started this off with her in a dark room with headphones, I was like, gosh, dang it. They're going to do it. They're just going to coast the whole season or just coast through the rest of this season. And then I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed so, it. I enjoyed that episode. And, and the way that they told it, literally, my wife and I, we forgot that people turn into zombies. And, yep. and, and so, so when she emerged, spoilers alert. We we both looked at each other and went, oh yeah, right. When you die, you turn into a zombie in this world. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot, forgot that this was a uh, zombie universe. I forgot all about it. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I did see something that bothered me though. I did see where somebody said Star Trek Discovery is going to be a darker, grittier Star Trek. Uh, and I was just like, oh uh, Jesus, I hate. Yeah, I hate when you put those words on something. Uh, you know, I wonder how much that is just someone's inability to speak in nuanced terms. Yeah, you know, just and, and, and I have no idea. I have no out. idea what the new Star. Yeah, I have no idea what the new Star Trek's going to be. But people, it's it, it. How many times do people describe things as dark and gritty, like the Dark Knight? And then you get it, and you're like, oh, it's just mature. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily a bleak, you know, storytelling or, or what. We were in a conversation this week about comics with. Uh, on Facebook, one of the legion of superheroes we were talking about. And uh, what people consider the dark and gritty reboot of Legion was actually really bright. It was because it was about optimism and hope. 
But mm-hmm. a layman, a layman, I'm talking about the five year later gap. A layman would come in and say, "Oh, that was the dark and gritty," and it's like, not really. Gotcha. So, you know, I think it's just people's inability to speak in nuanced terms. Yeah, well, that that could very be just shorthand no. for maturish in storytelling. Yeah, I say that and now. Watch the first episode. You'll you'll see an Enterprise guy just holding a bloodied Klingon head. The very first scene. Yeah, and he's gonna be like. <laughs> I killed all the Klingons, but we all have chlamydia. Right. Yeah. Klingmidia. Um, yeah, Klingmidia. Space, 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 space chlamydia. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, and then I guess the last thing we better bring this up real quick, even if we don't spend any time on it. Uh, Joss Whedon creating a Batgirl movie. Oh, sure. Oh, I had one well, more quick, one more quick thing about Walking Dead. Oh, I sure. To say this publicly. Those uh the the garbage people, mm-hmm. they're the worst. I hate them. I hate them, I, and I don't hate them from like oh they're a character who did something that I don't like. I hate watching them as someone watching television. Whoever thought of that character needs to rethink those characters. They're terrible. How do you terrible. lose the ability to speak in like five years? Yeah, I had the same conversation. How, like, how does this how long happen? What's going on? Yeah, unless they well, all have tetanus because they live in the garbage dump or something. Well, I, hold on. They are in Virginia, right? <laughs> Maybe they spoke like that to begin with. Yeah, yeah they might. They, don't, they might have all been like hill people that kind of came inland and they moved into a garbage place. Okay. It is. Were, I. I never wanted someone to get shot in the face more than in this last episode yeah. when all the, well, all the bullets started flying because they are they're a terrible addition to that show. They are yes, a terrible they are. addition. And let me say, calling them all garbage people might be giving them too much credit. <laughs> but they live in the garbage, right? I know, but they they don't even stack up as high as garbage. Yeah. They were all yeah. people stuck in a Walmart for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's all. I just needed it. I needed to get that out there in a public forum. Yeah. If anyone no, else no. I, I, I think that those was characters immediately. Legit. And quit stealing the Rancor scene from uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you can do better you don't have to out and out steal a whole scene true all right all right i think we've bitched about that enough <laughs> all right paul what are your what's your pick for this week uh my pick this was difficult because i always want to pick superman every single time time it comes out but <laughs> i have, i said nope not this week I finally caught up on the Flintstones, and my pick is Flintstones number 10, and holy crap, I love the Flintstones comic book. It is ridiculously good. You need to read it if you haven't yet, Jeremy. I have not. I have not. Okay. I completely agree. Flintstones is an amazing comic. I recommend it to anyone that comes to the store. It is pure joy to my soul. Yeah. All right, I will definitely. Yeah, it is a wonderful, wonderful essay on our current society filtered through the bedrock lens. Okay, that's awesome. Unfortunately, it's only going to be, I think, two more. I think it's only going to be like a 12 issue miniseries. Oh, I I hope they do more. Well, I imagine I if it's so. successful, they will do more. But it's, and we're going to talk about this as we start to talk about crossovers and event fatigue. But how can you miss something if it doesn't go away? Yeah, you know, That's yeah. True. I feel that way about I feel that way about Deadpool. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd like Deadpool to miss Deadpool one day. Yeah. Well, so uh, so that's Flintstones. Flintstones number ten, written by Mark Russell and the art by Stephen Pugh. Uh, if you want to go get it for Kindle, you can go to tinyurl.com/slash/paulspick5. So good. Right. I mean, the ultimate question of this book to me is: is has civilization made us better? And okay. That's what they, they're constantly asking you that question. All this stuff that we have. Has that really made us better as a species? I think Mark Russell thinks no. (laughs) 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 And he makes a good point. He makes a pretty good point in this book. It's freaking great. All right. So so that's going to be 12 issues. And then hopefully. Go ahead. Well, but this one will be 12 and then I should be able just to pick up a collected edition, right? And check it all out at one whack. Yeah, the trade of the, the first volume just came out, so okay, you can pick up the first, the first cool. five five percent. Well, I'll probably go buy that on Amazon tonight then. Um, all right, so what what book are you looking forward to next week? Uh, so next week, I thought I'd show, give my our Action Lab folks some some love, and I'm looking forward to Spencer and Locke uh, coming out by number one by by Action Lab. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was now, but the, the creator was on there, and it basically what it boils down to it's Calvin and Hobbes meets Sin City. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much you pretty much had me at that. You know, this guy's got an imaginary friend that he meets up. And he's a detective, and some bad crime stuff going down, and he's got this his imaginary best friend helping him out through it. So yeah. uh, it's not going to be pure comedy. It's not going to be pure noir. It's kind of a mix of the two. So I found the premise interesting, so I'm going to check it out and see if I like it. That definitely sounds <laughs> good. And if anybody wants to check that out on Kindle, you can go to tinyurl.com slash paulspick5b as in boy. So paulspick5b. Um, what was that last month? We, have Dave, we had Dave Duanch, who's the publisher for Action Lab on. I think it was in February or March, but yeah. Action Labs has a lot of really cool stuff going on. So, if you, yeah, if you're listening and you haven't checked out Action Labs' uh, comic book line yet, do yourself a favor and go check a couple titles out. They got a lot of really cool, innovative stuff going on. Yeah, so I've been going out of my way to kind of check out what Action Labs has been going out, and I saw this one. I'm kind of like, oh man, I'm gonna check that out next week. Yeah. Matter of fact, next week or the week after, I can't remember the airing order we're going in. Uh, Sean Gregory Miller and um, oh, the guy who <sighs> Kid Sherlock. It's being published by um, by Action Labs. We're going to have an interview with them either this coming week or the one after, and it's really kind of cool. Yeah, they need to so, know love. Yeah, yeah. So, that is definitely cool. All right, guys. So uh, let's go ahead. We got about twenty minutes here to to dissect this topic. And uh, Paul, on, on our notes, you have it titled as Marvel's Event Fatigue, but I think we could just call it Event Fatigue across the board, right? We could, but I think Marvel suffers the most from it. <laughs> I agree. Okay. <laughs> I mean, think about this. So this year, if I can, if my memory serves me correct here, they've had the. Clone Conspiracy, Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Monsters, Monsters Unleashed. 
Yep. Inhumans versus X-Men. Yep. And they're going to start the Secret Wars. No, not Secret Wars. It's a Secret, Secret Empire. Empire? Yeah. Secret Empire. It is April. And when was Pleasant Hill? Old. Wasn't that in January? I think Pleasant Hill was last year. Was last year? Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I'm tired of it. It needs to stop. So, <laughs> do you think... They're going to stop. Apparently, I, read, I saw an article today, Marvel is going to... They're not going to have another event, a big event, for 18 months after Secret Empire. Is what well, they I say. don't know if... I don't know if you guys have seen the stories, but at first they were blaming it on the diversity of the Marvel line, which we've talked about before, obviously. But um, <laughs> Marvel sales slumped last year pretty hard. Oh yeah, no one's it's they've 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 gone off the table at our store. Absolutely, yeah. And people were saying it was because of the diversity thing, but my first thing, and probably because we had already kind of brought it up as a topic, I was thinking, well, probably because to keep track of the story, you got to buy 45 books a month you normally wouldn't look at. If, yeah. I, can take, if I can take a controversial stance on this. Sure. Uh, it's, it's not – my theory on this is it's a little bit of everything that everyone's been saying. It's the mm-hmm. event fatigue – um, it's constantly restarting your books with a whole new number one, like enough already, because all you're doing is you're giving people uh, an excuse to drop your book, not to jump on your book. And diversity, diversity is not bad, but the ham-fisted way that Marvel's done it is the problem. There is one of the problems. And I know that's not a real popular stance to take, but if you look at their lineup, there's no one in the main slots that are characters with any kind of history on them, you know, history in that role. So they took their, the dollars that um, stores and Marvel could count on month after month that I want to read about Steve Rogers, want to read about Tony Stark, want to read about uh, Bruce Banner, you know, and they took those dollars out of the market all at the same time. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you if you go no. back if you look at if you look at a lot of their events that they've done over the years, I've always marveled marveled pun intended. I've always uh-huh. done this uh, marveled at uh, at. It's funny when you look back. The first Secret Wars, Tony Stark wasn't there. It was James Rhodes. Um. Uh, one of the one of the bigger crossovers. Uh, if you look at all the crossovers, there's always like one or two characters that's just not a part of it. Over in DC, in, in the original Crisis. Uh, Hal Jordan wasn't Green Lantern, you know, like there's always someone that's missing and that's because they're rotating them out and they're, they're giving people a chance to see, well, Marvel rotated the entire lineup out of the, out of the game. Yeah. And, and, and so to say that diversity is a problem is wrong, but to say that it's not part of the quest for diversity is not part of the problem. That's not right either. You know? Yeah, to say that people aren't buying their books because they're not they don't want diversity, I think it's just a complete fallacy. Correct. Cuz I was looking at the sales and some of the higher selling books that Marvel has do, you know, there are a a female lead role like The Mighty Thor right now is one of their That's higher great book. selling books. 
great book, right? So it has nothing to do well, – it may have a little bit to do, but if you have a great writer and a great artist on a book, people are going to write it. You can't just create – make a diverse character that no one's ever heard of and put a so-so creative team on it and expect people to buy it just for the sake of diversity. Yeah, I mean, there's also, there's, also, there's also only limit, there's limited budget in people's wallet, and then there's limited space on the racks. And when you have a book like Squirrel Girl sitting next to a book like uh, Patsy Walker Hellcat, sitting next to Spider-Gwen, sitting next to Gwenpool, there's only so many new customers that are going to come in and buy those books. Uh, and and it's just, that's just a fact of the market. And they got rid of the, the, the bread and butter. They got rid of the base. And that's hopefully, I think that's what they realize they need to go back to. And you can do both. You can have your, you should do both. You should do your base characters, the ones that built the company. And then on the side, you do these other characters and prop the other characters up and make them successful, make them as successful and make them eclipse Steve Rogers. That'd be great. But until then you're throwing money away by not doing it. Yeah. Because I mean, they're not cheap anymore. I'm talking about five bucks a book. Yeah. And when with DC coming with coming out with Rebirth last year, I think people shifted from New 52. No one was buying that because it was garbage. Rebirth comes out. DC's putting out, I would consider, quality books. Most of these yeah. titles are books that I look forward to reading every week. So if I'm going to spend my money, I'm going to spend my money reading a Hal Jordan Green Lantern book, not necessarily a Riri Williams Iron Man book. Nothing against Riri Williams. I just don't really know. I don't have a history with this person. It also bothers me. With Hal Jordan. I totally agree. Why are they calling that book Iron Man when her name is supposed to be Iron Heart? And why? Because they want to capture your dollars by calling it Iron Man. Well, they want to have their cake and eat it too, probably. Exactly. It's not a bad book. I just, I just would rather read about Tony Stark. Yeah, well, they do this. Like you're saying, they rotate characters out and have legacy characters. But remember in the 90s, they replaced Green Arrow, Green Lantern, um, vaguely, fakely for a while, Batman and Superman. But um, I wonder how much of it is trying to revitalize and how much of it is large corporations tend to shit on everything they take over. And some guy in a boardroom comes up with an idea, and the next thing you know, that's the edict in the company. I mean, it, you know, corporate involvement ruined pro wrestling. It's ruined comic books a couple different times. You know, I wonder how much of that's involved. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I think we are starting to see the effects of Disney owning Marvel a little bit. You know, they don't take as many chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I I know I say that they just got rid of everybody and they you know and they're doing diversity. Yeah. And I get, you could look at that as being a chance, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is that the stories they're telling aren't as aren't as uh, interesting. So even if it, you could you can replace, let's take Amadeus Cho for example. I actually really like that character a lot. His series written by Greg Pak, who's an who's a really great writer. I love yeah. Greg Pak's Hulk stuff. Planet Hulk's yeah. amazing. But yeah. I dropped, I dropped uh, the uh, whatever the Hulk book is. Totally awesome Hulk. I dropped it oh, because yeah. it just wasn't interesting to me. Because it's just all fluff and it's just him playing basketball with you know like I, I'm out pulling the ripcord. I'm out. <laughs> Can't do it anymore. 
No, can't. <laughs> but I love Amadeus I, Joe. I just don't think Amadeus needed to be a Hulk. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he was a good character too. He's a great supporting character, but yeah. I just don't want to necessarily see him. I, I want Bruce Banner back. Yeah, there was nothing cooler than when he would he would look around the room and calculate. I'll throw this, uh, you know, I'll throw a, a, a washer head this way, and it'll bounce and it'll you know bounce eighteen different times and crack someone right in the eye, and then he'll beat the bad guy that way. Like that was always great. Yes. Now he's just another Hulk. I think they realize it because they're going to come out with. I don't know if this is a. I don't want to say it's another event, but the generations where they're going to bring everybody back. So I don't think it's a. It was because we didn't like the diversity. We just miss our friends, you know. Exactly. We miss. We miss, you know. Well, we have Steve Rogers back, even though he's not really, you know. That's yeah. another thing entirely. But we miss Iron Man, Bruce Banner, and in Wolverine, you know. So yeah. we want those characters back. You're right, and I and that that just like the other conversation, it, it speaks to the there's the nuance of the conversation. So to say it's diversity is the problem. People immediately, I was seeing online everywhere, people were up in arms and Twitter and like, what are you talking about? Diversity is the way that that's great and all, but that's not, I don't believe that's what Axel Alonso was saying. I think he was saying we, you know, we, we lost our core, you know, we got rid of our bread and butter. And it's not saying that we're not going to, you know, do stories about young girls or stories about people of color or people of gender fluidity, things like that. Yeah. It's just, you got to hit the bottom line numbers and there's not enough people who read comics traditionally that are buying, that are buying the main books. They left though. They, they left Marvel because Marvel left them first. Yeah. And you yeah, know, I, like you were saying, there's only so much comic book buying budget to go around yeah. too. So if the books you're buying, basically you've, you've got a couple choices. Keep buying a book that you're not enjoying. Stop buying comic books altogether. Start buying something else. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, so... And I would say it also, it's probably healthy to have a couple different publishers who can take the lead. You know, remember, there's a long period of time where DC was barely a second candle to Marvel. And it's probably good to have them trying to outcompete each other again. And that way, when somebody does flag a little bit, somebody else can really charge the front with something... Well, I was going to say something new, but since what DC's doing is something old, that kind of changes the argument. Yeah, but it's it's they're 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 refreshing the old, you know. It's it's yeah. it's not you can use the word old, but it's the industry, you know. It, the industry yeah. was built on Superman, you know. It was built on superheroes and uh, and those core of, of you know each each universe has its own core of characters. You got to keep them around. Oh, I agree one hundred percent, and I. I I've said it before. I think that, you know, Superman is the DC universe and that's why things that affect him affect the DC universe in general. Um, You can't have it without him. Now, should you occasionally take him out of the box and beat him up? Yeah, you probably should. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Marvel's, I don't know if, if this was just their marketing plan the last year or so where it was more of quantity over quality. They just wanted to stack the shelves on the wall, the wall space with their books. Cause I feel like they're like, if you just look at next week, I think Marvel's putting out like twice as many books as anybody else. So they just well, want to like take the space. So you're almost forced to 
you see more Marvel, Marvel books, so you're just going to pick a Marvel book. I don't know if and that's that, what you thought was going to happen. That sounds like something Disney would do with a theater, too, doesn't it? Just flood oh, the market totally. with your books and push yeah. everybody out. So the retailers have have to pick. You know, like, well, I'm going to get these. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, you're also dancing around the, the overshipping issue, which uh, I don't know how deep of a dive we want to go into this, but you talked about DC making inroads into the Marvel's market share. Uh, people have been saying it for quite a while. Marvel literally is overshipping for free titles that they, they're, quote, saying, you really need to see this. These are amazing books. Well, what they're doing is they're inflating their numbers. Because yeah. they're reporting through Diamond that we shipped, uh, whatever the numbers are, we shipped 40,000 copies of this book. But in reality, 10,000 of those were free. You know, like the, the store got 25% extra over their order. And it's not a problem for the store. I think, I think store owners that complain about that aren't really looking at the bigger picture that they can give those away. You can help grow the market with it. Mm-hmm. But it also, it does inflate the sales numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's something I would never even consider that you could uh, dummy your numbers or sandbag or whatever phrase you want to use to describe it. But you can, shit, I'm going to give away 10,000 books. Now, look, I sold 10,000 more books last month. Yeah, it's it's actually the market. It's um, it's a market inequity that's caused by a couple things. It's caused by having Diamond be a complete monopoly. And mm-hmm. also, um, you actually, we saw it. You saw it years ago. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or maybe you want to forget it, but you, but it, it happened. And, and if you remember, they were saying it was a comic book. Well, I don't know if you remember when that comic book came out. That comic book was free, and it was a trade paperback, and it was given away at comic shops across the country for free. And they did that so that they could claim we were number one in Diamond for the month of whatever and then turn around and sell it as a movie. Oh. Because they turned, they said, and they were right in saying it, because they actually were, they were the number one comic book when it released. So then they turn to people who don't understand the comic book market and say, well, look, all, everyone all over America wants to read this book. Everyone loves this book. So the powers that be at you know, producing in Hollywood said, wow, this must be a great property. And it was a fun property, but that was a trick of the market that the people in charge of Cowboys and Aliens, Cowboys versus Aliens, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, I forget. That was, a, that was a trick of the market that they, that they exploited. And in essence, Marvel's kind of doing the same thing here. And, you know, DC may do it too. And, you know, not to crap on Marvel about it, but. Well, now, the more I look at business practices anymore, the more they seem to vaguely stink of fraud more than success. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, in everything, you know, it's always about backroom deals and fudging numbers and, right. you know, borrowing against a 401k that you shouldn't be able to use because it's employee owned fund or employee owned funds, part of the company, and you use it to buy a Bentley, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a dark and depressing world we live in sometimes. <laughs> um, but now here's, here's the thing I will say. I mean, yeah, uh, Cowboys and Aliens uh, was a comic book, but there is something that the movie had that the comic book didn't, and that was Olivia Wilde. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. True. Point made. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would would watch her do the dishes, so, you know. 
Is that on? What oh, channel is that on? Well, hold on. What channel is that on? I'll turn that on right now. Yeah. <laughs> see, that would be that. See, you'd win awards with that show right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's you know we've used the phrase a few times. I mean, I don't know. I mean, having Marvel taking those characters. Oh, you know, what? first let me put it this way: it's a thought I had that was half formed, and then I dropped it. Um, do you think Marvel, throughout all those diverse takes on those characters, to figure out what direction to send the Marvel movie universe in next? Because they're going to have to start. They're going to have to start rolling some of those actors out of those roles. I do think. Yeah, I do think that. Yeah, I do think it, they are using it as, as a as a litmus test. Yes. Yeah. Because then they also can get a character um, like that America Chavez, and yeah. if she, you know, she gets enough fan base, then maybe she shows up in a. Pro- absolutely, I do absolutely think they're doing that, which yeah. makes sense, and that's not a bad thing per se. But, well, and think about the difference in sales between. Well, yeah, but think of the difference in sales between a comic book. I mean, does anything even ship half a million copies anymore? No. <laughs> no. And then look at the money made by, say, Captain America 3 in the movie theater. You know? Oh, a yeah, billion the money dollars in four is, days. Yeah. Yeah, the money involved is nothing. Like, it, Disney probably looks at it just as a, as a, a like, a, a, a growth laboratory for new IPs. I mean, they're, yeah, it's minuscule. The, the actual comic scale is minuscule. Yeah, yeah and so get a hundred thousand. Yeah. Right, and so what? I'm sure how they look at it is, well, teenage boys and forty year old men buy this, 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 and this, and they're eighteen percent of the population. But women and little girls are fifty one percent of the population. How do we get them? You know. How right. do we get uh, how do we get a new immigrant couple from the uh, from Lower Asia to get their character you know to get their kids to read these characters? Well, how about we have a Muslim or a Buddhist or an Asian or whatever? Yeah, you well, the issue, but the issue there though is they're they're going to need to basically do a government type subsidy on the rest of the comic book industry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No, I. Well, it's, unless they're, they're going to have to prop it up, they're going to have to prop it up with dollars. They can't keep raising well, yeah. the price and expect uh, the dwindling number of readers to keep paying more and more for the book. You're going at one well, point, you're going to have to subsidize it, and that's going to have to be on Disney's and Warner Brothers' shoulders. Oh yeah, and to well, know that they're going to take a, it's going to be a loss leader. Yeah, well, and one of the things I like to point out, and not to bring it back to pro wrestling, something I don't even I haven't even watched for ten years. The uh, the WWE had their most profitable year ever last year, yet it had one-tenth of the audience that it had at its biggest point in history. Wow. Yeah. So it's you, just because they've hit, streamlined their costs? Yeah, you have to figure they've streamlined their costs. They've got the, um, you know, the, the market channels down. They're selling... They are merchandising more and more and more and more and more things. If you turn on a wrestling show now, every 30-year-old guy there is holding a title belt that they bought for $300 at Toys R Us. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we got about a minute and a half, so let's do this real quick to wrap up. Uh, Joe, if people want to check out Joe on Joe, where can they find you at? You find me every Wednesday, Joe on Joe, on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you can. Joe and Joe Pod. There we go. And uh, you're on Twitter with that as well. 
Did we lose Jeff? I think, I think oh, we lost no, him. I mean, no, I was. That's all the shilling I was going to do for you. But hey, I'll, I'll shill oh, away. Oh, okay. All right, hey Paul. If people want to find you, where can they find you at? Uh, tweet at Paul Vieira seventy nine and check out Joe's podcast because I've been listening to it and it's fucking awesome. Oh, nice. thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, my numbers got well, up. Well, last yeah, last week we did Cold Slither, which is one of the all time greats, man. Yeah. I don't think you guys know yeah. GHO that much, but Cobra the the Dreadnoughts build a rock and roll band, and it's an amazing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I, I remember I'm seeing it. That, yeah. <laughs> well, with the last 15 seconds here, I'm just going to say real quick. Uh, pretty soon, I'm going to be interviewing the childlike Empress from uh, the Neverending Story. Awesome. And uh, in the meantime, you can catch us at geekishcast.com, and I tweet from at the geekishcast. Uh, so long, everybody. Thanks, guys. All right, we are more or less clear. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So I, I logged down that interview, Paul. I got to watch that movie this weekend. That's yeah, awesome, you, dude. Yeah. I I saw that she was, uh, I saw some news article about her, like check her out now. So she must be, is she doing something new? Like have a new project or something? She's got some charity project. It looked like, and she's still running like a dance company and some other stuff back East. So she's got something going on. I just need to figure out what it is. So I can make sure that we promote it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yep. That movie, was, that, that movie was one of my, like, it was oh, my, yeah. as a child, it was my um, Shawshank Redemption. Anytime it was on, I had to stop and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Betray you. Uh, yeah, Paul, Paul was playing that on Facebook this weekend, too. I saw your right. picture, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so my buddy come, we we had some friends over drinking and this guy comes over and he's wearing this necklace and we're like what the hell betray you we, so we, <laughs> uh, we you know we're all old guys we make fun of them it's a tree of life necklace but that thing just just totally just screamed the damn serpent necklace from never any story he's like I don't even know what you're talking about because he's like 22 I think he had no idea so we were just bashing <laughs> damn time and then got drunk in my house and left it here <laughs> Oh, God. That's funny. Oh, man. All right. So I was going to say here, um, I got to wrap up. I got like four people hitting me up right now to figure out when I can have them on for regular interviews. So I should probably go look at one or two of those. Sweet. Um, Cool. So all three of us for next week. What do you think, Joe? Uh, Next Thursday, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. awesome. well, uh, I got my tickets for Comic-Con, San Diego. Boop, boop. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I'm not going. I did. I'm going. I'll send you yeah. pictures. No, please do. Actually, you know what? Shit, we should have got your press pass. Ah, it's okay. I get okay. a military discount. It's practically free. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I'm I'm paying for a trip to Vancouver right now, uh, and I, I don't want to say with whom or whatever, but I may be meeting a actor and drinking their uh, micro beer, micro brew beer. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and hopefully Corbin, uh, who you've talked to before with us, Paul. Hopefully, I'll get to yeah. go grab me and the missus. We get to meet him for dinner or something over there. Hopefully. That would be cool as hell, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of famous in Canada, actually. It's kind of weird. I think you're slowly <laughs> coming famous. Yeah. 
Man, I I tell you what, the uh, the Empress has aged well. I'm looking at pictures uh, of her right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to her website last night just while I was trying to work it out with her PR company. And I was like, well, she's a very attractive woman. But, you know, <laughs> a life of clean clean living and physical health will do that to you. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> should probably start getting on that instead of drinking beer. Well, I've been juicing and drinking beer, so I'm hoping they balance each other out. Jeremy, you're on steroids. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, I know. I uh, I can bench press a car right now. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I am going to run. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. All this all this BS will make it onto the tail end of the replay. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was a good all time. Right, all right, guys. Um, same time next week, or do we want to try for a little earlier, or what do you think? entirely your oh, world available either yeah yeah i'm good either way okay let me kick around we may try for seven next week just so we can uh see about not dragging the night out so long all right guys cool. i'll talk to you talk to you next yeah. week sometime thanks guys bye brother right be good later bye-bye <laughs>